Are you obsessed with Los Angeles? Head over heels in love with the City of Angels? Well, this is the podcast for you. At LifeX LA, we hack the best in arts, eats, and activities in Los Angeles. So join us and become an LA hacker. Baby, baby. Hey, what is going on, LA Hacker? This is Stefan, and welcome to episode number 30 of the Life Hacks LA podcast. All right, guys, super excited about this episode because once again, we're going to go into one of my favorite neighborhoods in all of Los Angeles, DTLA, and we're going to be hacking an iconic beloved landmark, and that's the Grand Central Market. If you don't know what the Grand Central Market is, we're going to do our best to capture in this episode, and you're probably going to want to run out there and check it out as soon as you get done listening to it because it's an amazing spot. If you do know what it is and you've been there like most of us have, then you know how difficult it is to explain it because there's just so many choices. So I brought on a very special guest to help me do that. His name is Media Musavi, and he is the owner of DTLA Insider. He knows most of the restaurant owners downtown, and he also lives downtown. And he goes to the Grand Central Market like four or five times a week. So he knows it really well, and he's the perfect guest to have on to help us hack such an iconic spot. All right, so um, let's jump into the episode. And as always, I have my own special Grand Central Market hack at the end of the episode that you're going to want to stay tuned for. So make sure you don't miss that. All right, guys, see you on the other side, and let's hack Grand Central Market. Hey, what's going on, LA Hackers? This is Stefan, and welcome to another episode of the Life Hacks LA Podcast. Today, I'm sitting down with Media Musavi from DTLA Insider. What's going on, Media? How are we doing, my man? I'm doing good, man. This All is right. awesome because I don't do a lot of in-person interviews, and we're sitting here in the heart of downtown Los Angeles. <laughs> uh, can you explain where we're at? Yeah, we we're actually at my complex here in Atelier, uh, right in the middle of uh, the belly of the beast. Uh, and we're sitting in the movie room right now, and we're just going to get this interview going. I appreciate you coming out and doing this in person. Uh, I love what you're doing with the site. Uh, I'm an avid follower, and I have to say it's an honor and privilege to be on the show. Oh, that's awesome, man. I appreciate you. Uh, appreciate you so much. I appreciate meeting you in person, and I wanted to come out here. And this is really making me want to move downtown. I thought I had the perfect <laughs> life at the beach, but this building is incredible. All right, so let's jump into it, because I'm just going to keep fawning over this amazing building you live in. <laughs> Um, with all the amenities, but um, so Media, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Where are you from originally and how did you come to Los Angeles? Sure, so born and raised in LA, native Angelino, which I found out is rare these days apparently from everyone <laughs> that meets me. I don't know why that's the case, but it is, especially within downtown, which is a melting pot, as you know. Um, so lived in San Gabriel area, moved inland uh, to the IE about eight, nine years I was out there and I thought that was going to be home forever. You know, it was home, it was suburbia, very slow, not a lot of action going on. But um, started coming out to LA often because of my real estate job. So I started doing deals out here and as I started coming out to the city, I started falling in love with the city more and more and more. And one day I got the itch. I said, there's something calling me out there. I couldn't exactly pin what it is. And I'm not the type of person to just make quick rash decisions and just jump off. but. Got up, put the house for sale, got rid of it, and moved out to the city. And uh, within a week, I really felt this is where I belong my whole life. So it was the best move I ever made, but uh, this is where we are now. Yeah, so when you say the city, you're not just talking about Los Angeles, you're talking about downtown Los Angeles. Yeah, I mean, downtown, even if you're from Los Angeles, was never on the map. Downtown was not a hot place to be. It was hot in terms of, uh, in a bad way, but mm -hmm. 
it wasn't a desirable place. Nobody came down here. There weren't any hot restaurants, food. It was a pretty sketchy area. But as you know, the revitalization of downtown, the last few years, you were seeing a lot of developers pour in. You're seeing all these nice high rises going up. You're seeing some of the top restaurants moving into downtown. And the demographic is also changing over here. So you're seeing the change right in front of your eyes. I mean, even these last two years I've been here, there's about 30 new places that have opened <laughs> in those two years, especially on this block, this whole block on this side on 8th. There was nothing. And now four, I remember three of them open up on the same day. And I'm like, what's going on over here? But that's a testament to what is going on in downtown. And as you see, I think the demographic of downtown was a little older before. You would see a 35 and up. Now you're starting to see a little millennial crowd coming in about the 24 to 35 age. And if there was an article where 90014 zip code, which is the historic core, is the biggest millennial zip code now in the country. So I've seen that demographic actually change in front of my eyes. And you're seeing downtown change because of that, because as these people come in, as the money pours in, obviously change needs to happen, which some look at it as a good thing. Some look at it as a bad thing, depending on which side of the equation you're on. Yeah, I think that the transformation and the revitalization of downtown Los Angeles is probably the biggest story about L.A. in the last 10, 15 years. I used to come down here, you know, before I moved here, I'd come visit my brother and I'd say, you know, why don't we go downtown? He's like, you don't want to go downtown, right. trust me. <laughs> and then, you know, over the years, I moved here like 10, 12 years ago. Um, it's just gotten better and better. And like you said, even year to year yep. downtown, you walk the city blocks. I walked uh, uh, walked to your apartment for a few blocks away. And like you said, I saw a couple of places I hadn't even seen before. Yeah, it's, pretty, absolutely. it's pretty incredible. It's an exciting time to be down here. Yeah, definitely. Very. All right, so you love downtown Los Angeles so much that you actually have a brand called DTLA Insider. Yep. And I follow you on Instagram, amazing account. Thank you. But can you tell us a little more about it and what inspired you to create it? Absolutely. So I moved down here and I even had the same question in the back of my mind, why downtown? For me, it was a feeling. It was something I had to do. But even while I was doing it, I was like, why downtown? Because again, downtown was not the place to be. It's not desirable. Um, I didn't know anybody down here. I didn't know the city. I mean, that changed within a few weeks. This is a city where you walk around and you start to understand the city very quickly. But two things one from the real estate perspective i mean networking is part of our game so i needed to meet more people so i was like, okay what's the best way to meet people let's actually highlight all the people that are part of the community and are are the are at the forefront of changing downtown which are the business owners the restaurant owners some of the people that have been here for 50 60 100 years that have been part of that change and have seen that change so that was the best way to tap into that and the second primary reason is everybody from my family to friends i got the same damn statement why the hell did you move to downtown? What the <laughs> hell does downtown have? That is horrible. Why would you go down there and pay these prices for rent in the middle of, you know, what people call the hellhole? I was like, yeah. you know what? I'm sick and tired of hearing this. What I'm going to do is actually show the world what downtown has to offer. Yeah. So it came out of my love and passion for downtown because I lived here, I mean, within two or three weeks, I absolutely fell in love with the city. I felt this is where I belong my whole life. And if I hadn't come down here, I would have never found home to tell you the truth. So I said, you know what, let's create a brand that is a little bit different than what's out there. Let's produce original content that's valuable to these businesses. And let's show the world what downtown LA has to offer because it really does have a lot to offer. And I mean, now that reception is there from a lot of the fans of the show. They're reaching out saying, we have to go and check that spot out. We would never even think that downtown was like that if we didn't see what your, you know, what your show is showing. So that is the intention and it's starting to work that way. And it's a, it's a great feeling showing the world what downtown has. Yeah, and you do an incredible job with it. I mean, I find out so much stuff to do in Los Angeles following your account. Thank you. But 
there is so much to do in downtown Los <laughs> Angeles that we can't focus this episode on all of it, Correct. even though you know a lot about it. So we're going to focus on one particular place in downtown, a legendary, iconic, historical place, and that's the Grand Central Market. Absolutely. One of your favorite places, one of my favorite places. Yep. Um, so we're going to talk about that a little bit. What sure. are some of the reasons in, oh, I'm sorry, uh, for people that don't know what the Grand Central Market is. Can you just describe it a little bit, like what it is? Sure, so Grand Central Market uh, institution in downtown, it's very synonymous with downtown. If you, talk, if you think downtown LA, one of the first things that come to mind is Grand Central Market. What is it? It's a, you could call it a food hall, you could call it an open air food hall. It's basically a combination of 30 to 50 different vendors that are all serving completely different kinds of food. I mean, if you think of LA as a melting pot, which it is, I mean, the US is a melting pot, LA is a melting pot within a melting pot, Grand Central, it's very visually and I mean you could even smell the clearness of how much of a melting pot it is. You have people serving from pizza to hot dogs to there's a bread stand, there's a PB and J stand, there's the China Cafe which has been there for over fifty years. So yeah. it's a it's a very diverse market full of uh I guess different kinds of eateries you could say. Yeah, it's a, it's a really amazing place, and it's it's hard to even describe it. Like you ha you have to be there, like like you said, because it just has all that history. It has two open ends. It takes up an entire city block, yeah. and uh, just jam packed with uh, amazing places to eat. In fact, one of my friends came to visit me recently from Seattle, and he's been here like a dozen times, right? Mm -hmm. But he's doing the same old thing: the Santa Monica, right. Hollywood, whatever. So I said, you know what? Let's do something different downtown. Downtown Los Angeles, you haven't spent a lot of time there. I took him to Grand Central Market and he had a blast. Yep. I mean, it was one of his favorite places. He so, still talks yep. about it. It's one of the first <laughs> places I take anybody out of town. It's funny because the last three weeks, the same thing. I have had visitors that they come in to purchase in downtown. So the first thing I give them the media walking tour of DTLA, <clears throat> I always tell them, put some shoes on. This is not the average uh, real estate tour, but I, I show them the city on the ground level where you're walking from one district to another. And Grand Central is 100% on every list, no matter what. And you yeah. either love the city or you hate it. There's no in-between. And Grand Central Market will kind of decide, will show you which side you're on. Yeah, and it's really cool. Like you said, a walking tour, it's a, it's a great place to start out with or end with because there's a lot of things near it. I mean, you could you could go to Grand Central Market, grab something to eat, and there's an Angel's Flight right there, right. Uh, Bunker Hill, and there's all this stuff that's just walkable mm -hmm. um, right there. I mean, you can really break downtown into different parts Absolutely. and do a walking tour. But one of my favorite places to show people is just that Grand Central Market and the and the areas around. Absolutely. It. All right, cool. So. Uh, tell me if you agree with this. So I've always thought, we were talking about the overall resurgence of downtown Los Angeles right. over the past uh, 10 to 15 years. It's, it's really exploded. And I give a lot of that credit to Grand Central Market. And it almost follows this path of it because Grand Central Market's been around since 1917. It's got this long yep. history. People have always gone there, even when downtown was kind of run down or whatever. But in around 2012, 2013, mm -hmm. it really just exploded yep. along with the rest of downtown because they added these new food vendors and mixed them in with the classic ones. So what are your thoughts on about the revitalization of Grand Central Market and how it ties into the revitalization of downtown overall? That, that is a great question because I think Grand Central Market has always been a microscopic view of exactly what is going on in downtown LA. Uh, if you look at back in the 20s, uh, a lot of the you know, I guess the richer folks up in Bunker Hills and the Victorian homes would take Angel Flight down to buy their steak and produce. That's what it was at that time. There was a lot of butcher shops. There was a lot of fruit shops, things of that nature. And it was a different class. It was obviously a little bit of an upper class type uh, generation. After World War One, especially around the 40s, 50s, you saw you saw a change into more of an immigrant population. And you saw 
as as that happened, you started to see the stands change, the different vendors in there. There was a lot of different, uh, I guess you could call ethnic foods coming into the play. And I guess, you know, if you talk about when the 90s and 2000, when downtown was not a desirable place to be, you saw that demographic change again, and it was not a hot place to be. So I think there's a mixed view where a lot of the old timers may have some, you know, issues with the fact that that resurgence kind of pushed them out but yeah. that's that's a that's a broader issue of gentrification in general and if you look at the community things have to change eventually mm-hmm. for things to go in a positive direction so i think in 2012 it completely changed grand central and it showed exactly what is going on in downtown as downtown started to change grand central had to cater to these new populations and new vendors like egg slut came into the play uh bel campo the uh you know sticky rice so it started to displace some of the old place, old people, but at the same time, you have the the traditional China cafes, which have been there since nineteen what fifty nine, and yeah. the same sign, same menu, same neon. So I think it's important to keep a little bit of that authenticity of what Grand Central Market was about, but also introduce a little bit of the new as well. But I think uh, it definitely is a microscopic view of downtown and what is going on in, as in downtown as a whole. Yeah, and uh, you know, like you like you brought up, I mean, not everyone's gonna be happy with changes, sure. you know. But I think they did a pretty good job, man, because you've got these kind of hip places like Egg Slut, like you mentioned. Right. But they also kept a lot of the classic ones, and you can still get a meal down there for pretty cheap. I mean, right? there's, some, yeah. there's some really Absolutely. good tacos there oh, yeah. that you can get oh, we'll a full get lunch that. for like five, six bucks. <laughs> yep. You know what I mean? So I think they did a good job of keeping so some of the classic uh, things that people love about Grand I think Central so too Market. and you could tell because of the diversity that you see in there I mean, yeah you know you could go get oysters and rosé if you want or you can go get a taco for two dollars that'll pretty much feed you like it was five tacos you know yeah, so definitely. it has everything so I uh, this is a tough question might be the toughest question I ask Ooh, you in this all right, interview all right. so I know it's hard to choose but can you share some of your personal favorite places to eat at Grand Central Market I absolutely can so I mean it <laughs> at what point is too much a good thing you know when you walk into there it's good when you're taking people out because it has something for everyone so nobody can p- complain you know yeah. go get what you want but at the same time if you're in the mood for something or you're not specifically and you go in there it's a little overwhelming because like i said tacos pizza burgers uh, pb and j oysters but i look at that as a good thing so i do have some of my go-to's uh, Bel Campo is a uh, near and dear when I have that in and out kind of uh, craving, their fast burger. Quality meat. Quality meat. Uh, we actually did an episode with Anya Fernald who flew down from the Bay to be on the episode and she uh, it's coming out soon. But uh, she showcased what Bel Campo is all about and she was so passionate about her convictions in uh, creating something that you know catered to the population in terms of giving them organic healthy foods that you know, wasn't really accessible on a burger standpoint unless it was going to be a $30 burger. So it's yeah. very affordable, absolutely tasty, takes care of that in and out type of vibe with their fast burger. So that's she, always she, a Now they have their own farm, right? They have so their own farm up in, I believe it's Mount Shasta. She bought a yeah. 25,000 acres, something mm-hmm. of that nature. And so they could source directly each burger you eat, they could pretty much source it to exactly which animal it came from up there. So she vertically wow. integrated the entire supply chain where you could tell that burger, she'll tell you exactly which cow it came from. That's and that amazing. is amazing. It is amazing. I mean, that was a very uphill battle. I mean, based on our interview we were talking, it's not easy going up against the meat companies. That's one of the, uh, you know, tried and true. And it's a difficult industry to get in. But yeah. she did it herself. She bought that farm. She uh, started doing this. And now she's in Erewhon stores. Bel Campo has seven or eight locations, I believe, from Northern California to Southern California and even Hudson Yards in New York. So growing and it's good to see uh, it's good to see the underdog win. Yeah. You know, 
Uh, what other ones? La Tostaderia. So that's right across from Belcampo. It's very unassuming because you see a Grand Central. It's a kind of a concrete industrial, you know, food hall. You mm -hmm. don't think seafood, but it's some of the best ceviche, fish tacos, shrimp tacos you've had in the city. And it's usually one of my go-tos because when people when people come from out of town, it's one of the two or three places that I'll offer. We should try this place. And okay. there's never been one person that said, "Oh my God, this is horrible." It's absolutely amazing. Well, I'm glad you told me that because now that you said, I I know where it's. I can picture the sign in my head. It's right across from Belcampo. Never tried it. That's one of the ones it's I haven't tried. On, well, you know, when like I said, seafood. You're like, eh, I don't yeah. know about this in the middle <laughs> of the city. Absolutely amazing ceviche, amazing fish tacos, shrimp tacos, and all across the board. Uh, let's see. Ramen Hood. Have you tried this one? I have tried Ramen Hood. Okay, ramen so I'm a carnivore. Amazing. You know, I'm usually very like, eh, what do you mean vegan, this, that. So finally got around to trying it. And I have to say, in an oversaturated market of ramen, I mean, we have, there's a million different ramen places down here. They stand apart with what they do because it's a light broth. It's a sunflower kelp mushroom-based broth that they have. And everything is, everything, I mean, it's a vegan ramen. So even the egg, which is made from soy and a gelatinous material, has even the yolk, the fake yolk, will break down. And, you know, wow. it kind of makes you feel like it's a, you know, not a vegan ramen, but the flavor is all there. It's a lighter ramen, so you don't feel like you're about to knock over and full of sodium afterwards. Yeah, but exactly. It's absolutely amazing, delicious, and now it's a go-to for me as well. Uh, we could do a couple more on the list over here, like I said. Yeah, keep going, man. So, uh, have you tried Via Moreliana? Uh, yes. So, I that's have. the place right that's in the, the front Mexican. by Exlut, which obviously Exlut, there's nothing that needs to be said about that because it's Exlut. That's an mm -hmm. institution. It's a go-to. But if the line's less than 20 minutes, I'll go. But if it's an hour <laughs> like it usually is, I'm not going to get to that. Yeah. Um, yeah, Via Moreliana is good. There's a little hack over there, too. If you go straight up to the uh, to the counter, they just grab a tortilla, and they just like, which meat do you want? And they'll just give you a taste, and they'll say, here you go. Yeah, so and an ample amp taste. Oh, ample taste. Yeah. I'm like, this is a taste? Like, now you <laughs> want me to buy something? This is probably detrimental to you. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. just fed me already. But you can basically choose every part of the pig. It's on a picture, and you'll say what you want, and they'll make you a taco out of it. Yeah, I love that place. That's actually one of my favorites. And what I do is whenever someone visits me, I take them there first, give them, a, give them that little taste test, and yep. they'll say, do you want to do this or do you want to go somewhere Exactly, else? exactly. And a lot of the time, it's like, it's so good that they want to stop right there, but you're like, there's so much more that you there's have to so see before you more. make that decision. Because then they'll eat, and as you walk through to the hillside from the Broadway side, they'll see all these other stands that they could have had the option. They're like, oh, no. Yeah. I mean, one thing I do is I usually go to two or three places, and I like to get a few different things and pick at it. Yeah, definitely. It's hard to make a decision. A more recent one, um, actually I tried a couple weeks ago for the first time based on recommendation of a lot of foodies down here, Kismet Falafel. I've heard of them, but I haven't had that Never one. been a huge falafel type person. Falafel, I mean, a lot of places make it dry. It just doesn't make sense. It's, um, they, honestly, that sandwich, they have uh, the Kismet Falafel sandwich with this green, they have a green sauce and a red sauce. It was one of the, not only the best falafel I've had, it's hand down, hands down the best falafel I've had. It was one of the best sandwiches I've ever had. Wow. I was honestly blown away because I was like, okay, I got to try it just to know what this is. It was absolutely amazing. I kid you not. It's something you have to try. You have right, to cool. try. Yeah. Cause I think one of the challenges with Grand Central Market and I struggle with this is that there's so many amazing places, but the ones you tried are so good that you want to keep doing those places. Ab absolutely. You know? So I've got a routine of like six places that I always go to. So I've got it. What other places? Uh, <laughs> you know, I like in the summertime, I like to go to that barbecue place, uh, uh, Horse, Horse Thief. Thief. Yep, Because absolutely. it's out on the patio. Yep. Um, I go to Golden Road because I'm a beer drinker. All right, all I right. I go to Egg Slut, like you said, when the line's not too long. I go to Ramen Hood. I go to Villa Moreno. 
Oh, yeah. And tacos atombras. Tacos tumbras atombras, which is yeah, something yeah. that definitely needs that. to be highlighted. I mean, affordable, delicious, and a whole lot of food. I mean, you could get a $3 taco over there, and it's so much meat that they put in that taco. One taco equals three tacos. Exactly. At tacos tumbras atombras. And they give you an extra tortilla on the side because all mm -hmm. the meat that's going to fall out of that taco, you're going to need to eat it. And it's there's so much that falls out that they give you extra tortillas to make yourself another taco from it. And, I mean, that one's been there for quite a while as well. And he gets up at four. What's his name? Uh, Tomas Martinez, I believe. Yeah. So he gets up at four in the morning and he makes his entire carnitas batch and he has a large. So he's starting at 4 a.m. while everybody's still sleeping in the city. And, I mean, it's a testament to the lines that are always over there that yeah. it's, it's one of the best places in there. It's some of the best tacos in the city. And Agreed. to your point, the first time I went there, I ordered three tacos. Oh, same I had, here. And one taco is enough, like you said, because there's so much Same thing happened out of to it. me, and I got stuck in Grand Central for 30 minutes. Just yeah, like, yeah. Because I think it's like three bucks. Yeah. And then, and then you, um, I ordered three, and uh, it was really six. Oh, yeah. Six At full least. tacos. Yep. And... Then I was full for the day. I couldn't go experiment anything else. So I, I like to do what you do. I, I go to a couple places every time I go to Same here. Central yeah, Market. Absolutely. And, yeah. Um, so you you already said a couple couple hacks that you have for Grand Central Market, but do you have any other um, overlooked spots, suggestions, discounts, great deals, <sighs> tips, recommendations? I mean, it's really tough because it has something for everyone over there. I mean, I'm a frequenter of a Lucky Bird. We have them coming up on an episode as well, Chris and Christine. Uh, fried chicken, it's done right. There's a lot of fried chicken options also in the city, but you know they use uh, they use thigh meat, so it's obviously a lot juicier, and they uh, they season it a little bit different. It's very juicy. Their chicken sandwich is something to die for. No, it's not the Nashville style, right? It's, it's a, not Nashville style. Okay. No, it's a. Uh, what do they have in there? Let me tell you right now. I think I had it once, but. I remember it being really juicy and good. Yeah, they have this paprika aioli, and then they take their uh, their bun and they put a little chicken fat on the plancha and they put it mm -hmm. on there. So it has a completely different taste. I mean, they have good fried chicken buckets too, but that fried chicken sandwich is the way to go if that's the first time you're in there. Um, let's see, hacks, hacks, tacos tumbras de Tomas. If you want to get in there, three to five bucks and get out of there full. Yeah, of course, order one. That's one. the hack for or a taco order tumbras. one. Yeah, because then you're not going to be able to try anything else. Because that'll be two or three. Exactly. Uh, let's see. I told you La Tosta that yeah, it's one of my favorites as well. Is there a side you like to start on, the hillside or the um, other side? Or so you it, just kind of wander your way in It there? depends on the day. It depends on what the mood is. I typically like to go in on the Broadway side because I feel like that's the real, the grand entrance of, uh, of Grand Central Market. Mm -hmm. You have all the seats on Broadway outside, people yeah. sitting down, eating it. And right when you walk over there, you get, you get this wave and this hit of just all these different smells. I remember there's an Anthony Bourdain episode where he was in Vietnam and he's like, there's something about there that you never forget because the smells all hit you at one time. And he's like, it's a bunch of different, you know, combinations of food and flavors and yeah, exhaust from vehicle, but all at once. And when you walk in on the Broadway side and Grand Central, it's just a hit of all of that. And I, I call that the smell of LA. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, that, that, that got me thinking about something. I know a lot of people hate this comparison, but I don't know. I see it, so I want to get your opinion as someone who lives in downtown, sure. studies downtown Los Angeles. I feel like in L.A., downtown Los Angeles is kind of like a mini New York, and Grand Central Market kind of epitomizes that. Absolutely. You've got um, Smorgasburg on mm -hmm. Sundays, which we kind of stole from New York. But, you know, you know, you go to, like, the west side of L.A., and there's palm trees everywhere, and yeah. it just isn't, it doesn't have that urban, gritty feel. Right. And I feel like 
LA with the, 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 the quality of restaurants that are popping up here and the quality of nightlife that's popping up here. And it's got that gritty urban feel. It, it kind of feels like a miniature New York. It does, and I think it's a lot more welcoming to creative minds and people that are pushing the envelope of food and seeing what works and what doesn't, whereas playing it safe is a little more on the west side and those types of places. You don't see the diverse, the diversity, basically, in, in a culinary sense, whereas in the city you're seeing people try all sorts of different things. I mean, vegan ramen right next to a place that serves every part of the pig. And I think that's important moving forward because, I mean, you could there are people that, that are very authentic in their approach and say that, you know, if a taco is not done this way or if ramen is not done this way, it's not real ramen. Mm -hmm. I'm on the other side of that coin. I mean, how do things evolve? How do we find new cuisine? How do things get better? A little bit of the old and a little bit of the new, there's nothing wrong with that. So I feel Grand Central epitomizes that very well. And it's a reflection of L.A. in that sense. I mean, yeah. L.A. with all the different cultures, everything in one. Grand Central, it is all of that in one place. Yeah, and it's a good uh, representation of, especially with ec ethnic food. Yep. You know, the experimentation with ethnic food. You know? Yep. I mean, so. you have sari sari, which is like Filipino food. You have sticky rice, which is really good Thai food. In my opinion, I don't think downtown really has too much of good, like too good of Thai food, but sticky rice does it. You know, that's the, good, that's the best Thai food. You wouldn't expect to find that in Grand Central. You know, yeah. um, and again, seafood, you have the pupuseria, saritas. I don't know if you ever tried that. Great place to have breakfast, especially if you're hungover, you know, <laughs> you want a nice pupusa, it'll just like lay you down. That was also in the movie La La Land. They had a, uh, sh a shot over there at saritas um, from ramen to, you know, like I said, everything. Wexler's Deli. Wex uh, have you tried that one? Yeah, I've had Wexler's. Wexler's. I mean, when you have that Langer's pastrami craving, Wexler's yeah. will do it for you. But, you know, it's not just the food, too. It's uh you, you don't want to go over there, pick up food and go. You want to grab the food there and you want to sit in Grand Central. And just as diverse as Grand Central is in terms of cuisine and ethnicities, also the people. You'll see somebody, you'll, you'll see a homeless person. You'll see somebody just in a t-shirt and shorts. You'll see a guy in a suit and then you'll see some high-powered attorney all in the one, in one yeah. place sitting, sitting in a table. Counter next to each and other, that's right? an amazing thing. I mean, that's, <laughs> that is what L.A. is. Yeah. You know? That is L.A. in a nutshell, especially downtown. I mean... Yeah, you could call it gritty. It's a city. It's an urban environment, you know, mm -hmm. and it's a different class of people that are down here versus the west side. You know, there's only one class of people out there. Over here, there's a combination of different people, and I think that's a, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah. I never really thought about it that way, but you're right. I used to work in Century City, and, you know, you go to these food halls there, and it's pretty much the same. all the same people. <laughs> the same thing. But, hey, I wanted to get your opinion. So, you know, Grand Central Market is kind of the original LA food hall mm -hmm. and then it, it you know went through that revitalization that we talked about and it became like urban and trendy and mm -hmm. uh, you know kind of an Instagram dream but overall in Los Angeles I've just noticed a huge uptick in food halls like there's all these amazing food halls that have popped up like the Fields LA yep. and um, there's one in Santa Monica I think it's called the gallery yep there's the one in Anaheim um, so what, what's your opinion on food halls in general and, and where they're going with that I think, you know, there's two sides to that coin as well. I think it's it's good because it brings in diversity and it brings it all in one place and it's very convenient, especially in the city. I mean, it's convenient to go into one food hall that has anything and everything your heart can desire. But I think you need to be cautious that it doesn't turn into a shopping mall type food hall where it's a bunch yeah. of Panda Expresses and, you know, the same old thing that you see everywhere. Uh, I think it's good if you're keeping it as authentic and not so much of the chain type restaurants. I don't want to see a cheesecake factory in a food hall type of thing, you know yeah. what I mean? So with that, I think it's good, but it could turn, 
it could turn bad as well if you start bringing some of the you know bigger players that are you know all national type players into it. So I think I mean if you look at Grand Central, yeah, there's places that have two or three different locations. Some of them this is their only location, but I think you feel that authenticity in the food that way. It's not kind of you know an assembly line like let's just put this over here because it'll cater to yeah. that desire. What your you know that desire your culinary desire. I mean it has everything everything you'd want. It's different. Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, have you been in the Anaheim Packing District? I have, yes. Yeah, that place is beautiful. But it is. So if you look at that place in the inside when you first walk in, you're like, okay, this looks so commercial, Instagrammable or whatever. Right. But to your point, they're pretty much all independent businesses. They're right. not like chain restaurants. Right. So it's not Starbucks and, and uh, yogurt shops and right. all that stuff. <laughs> they're, they're independently owned. So I think for the most part, they kind of get it. You know what I yeah, mean? They I saw agree. what worked at Grand Central Market, and they're replicating it across 100%. these. 100%. Because it's not like I said, you're you know Westfield Shopping Center, you're that food hall, and that, yeah. that's not a food hall. That's a, that's food, a food court, court. Yeah. you know, with a McDonald's a nice and all court, that. But it's, it's nice, <laughs> but it caters to a different population. Yeah. Anaheim, I mean, it doesn't have to be an industrial place like you know Grand Central is for it to be good. It's more about the eateries that you bring in that changes the identity of of that food hall. Okay, so, I don't think anyone's defined it, so we're going to define it right now. All right, a food court is what you're <laughs> what you're saying. <laughs> a food hall is independently owned. Independently cool, owned, diverse, independent. original yeah. uh, outlets and vendors. Yeah, so it you know it is a little hipsterish, a little trendy, but it's independently owned and it's a cool spot to be. And at the same time, you see a lot of forward-thinking cuisine and people pushing mm -hmm. the barriers of what was traditional and what was acceptable. For, for example, like ramen hood with a vegan ramen, you know, you see that happen in some of these food halls where you don't see that you know happening in food courts because it's not a safe option. Yeah. People might not like it, you know, so. I think it's a good thing. Yeah, like you said, I really love the concept of it because I've got a lot of picky friends and picky family. <laughs> you know, for example, I have a brother who's a <laughs> vegan, so now I know I can take him to ramen hood. Yep. If you don't find so, what you like in Grand Central, then uh, I don't know what you, I don't well, know what to it's tell you. Well, <laughs> it's, it's an experience. Like, you don't just go to eat. You know, we could all just go to dinner, sit down and talk and have a couple of drinks and sure. eat, right? But Grand Central and places like it, like Anaheim Packing District, you go there, you grab your drink, you grab a table, everyone gets what they want, yep. so come back, and you just feel the vibe and the energy. Absolutely. And it's, it's just an experience in its yeah, own Absolutely. Right. Grand yeah. Central, and just like you said, even that patio at Horse Thief, I mean, you that is L.A. Yeah, in that the summertime, diversity, that's the summertime, the feel, the smells, everything right there, that is L.A. Yeah, if you want some amazing people watching, go to Horse Thief uh, Barbecue Patio. Yep. In the summer on a Saturday, yeah. You see, like <laughs> to your point, you just see like the craziest and it's variety of people, people watching. Because yeah. in the intro we filmed last week for the Grand Central Market series, said it's the best place to eat, drink, and people watch, and really yeah. feel what LA is about. So you just summed it up right there perfectly. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. All right, so we talked a lot about Grand Central Market in this episode, but as we started out, you love downtown Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. You live in downtown Los Angeles. You have the DTLA Insider brand. So I wanted to ask you, I know this is tough because there's so much to do here in downtown, <laughs> but if you could take us through your perfect day from waking up to going to bed and you, it was just all in downtown Los Angeles, what would that day look like? So it usually is in downtown Los Angeles, unless I have to go for work outside the city, I, I stay in this bubble. You know, this bubble is home to me and you know, it's not easy getting in and out of here anyway. So my ideal day would be in the city, 100%. Not even going to the beach or going to the west side or anywhere, it's in the city. So. I'm an early riser. I like to get up at five. We hit that rooftop that you saw up there. Yeah. I literally watch the sun come up just quite in, in my quiet and peace. And, you know, it's there's something peaceful about seeing the sun come up over a city that you're so in love with. It's it's like your home waking up. So 
I grab my coffee, hit the rooftop, watch the city waking up, go back down. On the weekends, obviously, if I'm not working, I like to, I call it the uh, the crawl, the downtown crawl. So we'll get up with my lady. We'll literally put our sneakers on, and we'll walk from where we are here on 8th and Olive all the way around to the Arts District. It's about a five, six-mile walk. Wow. But it's something that we love to do because I feel downtown L.A. culture and downtown L.A., if you really want to see it, it, it has to be on foot. And there mm-hmm. are things that every day I discover just by walking on on foot. And we have the different districts. I mean, there's the Arts District, there's Little Tokyo, there's the Historic Core, there's South Park, there's the Financial District, Bunker Hill. All these districts are within that 45-minute walk that we do to the Arts District. And you feel the differences. You know, you, you kind of, right in front of you see, you can't see where the lines exactly are, but you see the city change and you see that diversity that even something like Los Angeles and Grand Central Market have, but you see that all within one city of downtown. So that ideal day is walking through all of those districts. Yeah. Sometimes I'll want coffee from a little shop in Little Tokyo and, you know, you grab that on the way. Uh, a lot of the time there's a plan where we're going to head to the arts district to have breakfast and you find something else on the way, like there might be a little breakfast cart that you've never seen before and I am all for exploring and trying that out. So sometimes we don't make it all the way over there, but it's for me it's exploring. I'm a major explorer and walking around the city is part of my ideal day. From there, come back, maybe get a little downtime and then depending on what it is, I may not even have a plan, I just hit the street. I'll walk down to the fashion district, check out the flower mart and then from there go to Santee Alley and really I think it gives me an understanding and feel for the city doing that. And I do this all the time, every week. I mean, on average, <laughs> I was looking at the Apple app. I walk about six miles a day. Wow. And, I, it, you know, you don't feel like that. I mean, I lived in the suburbs before. You want to walk one mile a day, let alone yeah. we're here every day at six miles a day. But I feel like every mile I walk, I start to understand more and more about the city. I see more of the city. And that is my ideal day is walking around all over the place and just understanding the city from there dinner time i love to hit rooftops there's a lot of cool rooftops in town i mean you have the ace you have pilot at the hoxton you have the intercontinental all in different parts of town so i'm a sucker for that i like to go grab a cocktail meet some people have a drink up there and from there it's dinner at one of the awesome options that we have in town and an ideal day which i didn't miss a lot of the time that we're heading to the arts district like i said we stop at grand central and then it just derails the <laughs> arts district plan yeah because you there's no way you can walk to Grand Central and say, uh, yeah, it doesn't have anything I want. Uh, yeah, it does. It definitely. has everything you want. So Every day of the week. That's it. So, And then that's, a, that's an ideal day, a six to eight mile walk, feeling the different vibes of the city, you know, ducking into the little uh, hole in the walls, both on the eateries and even the alleys and Santee Alley, South Park, everywhere. And then coming home and just looking at the city and saying, wow, I love this place. <laughs> that sounds like my perfect day, too, because like you said... A lot of eating, too. I yeah. Mean, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of so eating in that you're process. You're working it off at that six-mile walk. Yep. But yeah, like you said, I mean, there's so much changes in downtown especially, and the only way to really see things... I see more things walking than I could ever see driving. Agreed. Especially in downtown. 100%. And, you know, the Arts District, like you mentioned. I mean, each of these districts, the Historic Corps, the Arts District... You could spend really an entire day there if Absolutely. you wanted to, yeah. and you wouldn't be bored. No, I mean, you wouldn't even, like, for example, Arts District, you don't even feel like you're in downtown. I always call it the suburb of downtown. Yeah. And it's still accessible to downtown, but it's a completely different world, you know, and it's mm-hmm. completely almost a different demographic of downtown as well. And then you go to South Park, and it's completely different, and the historic core is completely yeah. different. And Little Tokyo is right next to the Arts District and, and has a totally different exactly. vibe. Exactly. Yeah. But, but that's what L.A. is all about. That's yeah. the beauty of L.A. You know, that's I why think we love it. Was, <laughs> I mean, Jonathan Gold said it best. They they actually a part of Grand Central Market, the Broadway side. They call it Jonathan Gold Plaza, and there's a plaque for him over there. This mm-hmm. was something I recently found, 
And he has a quote on there. It says, The huge number of multiple cultures that live in this city and the fault lines between them are where you find the most beautiful things. Wow. And it really resonates with me because that is L.A. in a nutshell. That's an amazing quote. And yeah. that's an awesome way to end this Absolutely. episode. Thank you so much, Media. Thank you, brother. It was awesome I to come out and see you, meet you in person, and check out your amazing apartment building. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you, you guys, so You much. guys have got to see this place. It's unbelievable. It's come got every amenity you can imagine. And <laughs> when he was talking about going up to the rooftop, it's because it has views of the entire city. So pretty awesome. But um, Media, you. where can people go to find out more about you and to find DTLA Insider? So our Instagram page, at DTLA Insider. And we have the YouTube channel that we've been working on, which is going to be coming up live for uh, because we have a lot of different videos that are a little bit longer format that are going to be on the YouTube channel versus the Instagram where people don't want to watch 10-minute episodes. So uh, definitely follow the YouTube channel, DTLA Insider, as well. And that's where you can find us. Okay, awesome. It was so so uh, awesome to interview you, and My I just pleasure. want to let everyone know out there that we're going to be doing a lot of stuff together because you're an awesome yep. dude, and I love your account, DTLA Insider, because I love downtown Los Angeles. Thank you, brother. The honor right. is all mine. All right, brother. All Take right, care. man. Thank Bye. you. Bye-bye. Hey, what's up, guys? I hope you enjoyed that episode where we hacked the Grand Central Market with Media Musavi from DTLA Insider. Once again, I want to thank Media for being our special guest. And if you want to know more about downtown Los Angeles, I highly recommend you follow his account where he's always showing us the special inside spots. You can find him on Instagram at DTLA Insider. Also, YouTube, they make some incredible videos, and I highly recommend you check them out. All right, guys, let's jump into my special hack. So there's so many amazing places to eat in Grand Central Market that I didn't want to go that route. What I'm going to talk about is the location of Grand Central Market. So it's really a great place to take people visiting because it's kind of a spot where you can start out at or end up in um, for lunch or, or, or you know before you go out and work off your lunch and it's at the bottom of Bunker Hill so it's right across from Angels Flight and you know you can eat lunch and you and your guests can go up Angels Flight and you'll go through California Plaza you take a right and you're gonna run into the Mocha you're gonna run into um, the Broad Walt Disney Concert Hall, and then the next block is the Music Center, City Hall, and Grand Park. And that's just one direction. If you go the other direction, I mean, you can check out the Bradbury Building, the Last Bookstore, all kinds of stuff. So anyway, it's a great place to plan out an entire day downtown because once you start there or end up there, you can, you can um, revolve the rest of your, your plans um, just walking to other hotspots. Alright, so that was my special hack for Grand Central Market is plan your whole day around visiting there and seeing some other downtown hotspots that are within close walking distance. And let's see, uh, if you guys want to subscribe, I'd really appreciate that because it really helps us out. And also, I just want to talk about the LA Hacker Journal that was released recently. It's 50 pages, 50 uh, recommendations for the best places to go in Los Angeles, the special hack for each, but also a couple pages where you can write about your experience. That's why it's called the journal. So you can find that at lifehacksla.com forward slash journal. All right, that's all I got for you this week. I hope you join us next week and I'll see you then.